Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to our lecture on CT of the ureter and bladder. And we left off talking about the difficulty, in many cases, of picking up a small transitional cell carcinoma. It's very easy to pick up a large mass, but the key is picking up the masses when they're small and easily resectable. And I'll just show you some examples. Uh, this is a good case because I made the point in the last talk that you don't need to see obstruction to have a ureteral tumor. Of course, if you see obstruction, you can follow to a transition point, but often the lesions are small and you don't see obstruction. So look at this case, patient hematuria. We're looking to see, is there a lesion present? And if you look really hard, looking at the left ureter, it's not dilated. Now, I was doing bone removal, and if you look very carefully, you can see this small little crescent sign and if you look really hard, if I just stop perfectly, there's a ring sign or donut sign. That's very subtle, but look what happens on coronal view. Look how nicely you can see the mass present in the ureter. That's a transitional cell carcinoma, but notice the ureter is not dilated above it. Just a really nice example of a one centimeter transitional cell carcinoma. And here's that same image in 3D, very nicely showing you the pelvis and the ureters and the lesion in the patient's left ureter. Another example, very similar. Look at the left ureter. I widened the window and you sort of see a donut appearance, but it's very, very subtle. And then when I go along the track of that ureter, now you see an under one centimeter transitional cell carcinoma of the left ureter. It's a small but obvious tumor. When I put a circle around it, it's very obvious. But look at the fact there's no obstruction Here's the 3D renderings, and again, you can see a very subtle lesion. You can see why the 3D images work so nicely with MIP, because if you just looked at the 3Ds, you would very easily see that patient's lesion in the patient's ureter. Just a very nice example, but again, the importance of post-processing, and also the importance of recognizing how subtle lesions indeed can be. And here's that same patient in a sort of a coronal view tracking along the course of the ureter. In the article by Rahman, we mentioned that proper diagnosis uh, hinges not only on appropriate interpretation of the axials, but also on the 3D imaging. And again, I think these articles uh, really make good points and the images really back up the articles. Now, I mentioned that most ureteral tumors, we think about transitional cell carcinomas, Occasionally, you see lymphoma, occasionally metastasis, and we are seeing more cases of melanoma these days. This is a nice example of a patient with melanoma. You see a dilated left ureter. You start looking at this a little bit more carefully. You see a filling defect at about 2 o'clock, and here's that same filling defect on the coronal views. In this case, the ureter is a little bit dilated, but that's because of the pelvic mass, which was uterine fibroids. But look at that subtle lesion in the patient's ureter. And again, it's obvious with the right windows, with the right reconstructions, but you can see how easy it is to miss. So hopefully I've made some good points about the ureter. I think we tend to think about the ureter as something in between the uh, bladder and the kidneys, but it really requires its own attention as it can be the source of the patient's pathology, and that pathology can indeed be very subtle. Okay, let's move on now to the bladder. Bladder cancer is not uncommon, over 72,000 new cases and 15,000 deaths in the US in 2013. Most are transitional cell carcinomas, while we can see squamous cell and adenocarcinomas. 
in terms of uh, looking at evaluation, CTRography is an accurate non-invasive test for detecting bladder cancer in patients at high risk. The high negative predictive value of CTRography in patients with hematuria may obviate the need for cystoscopy in select cases. When you look at that same article by Sado, the uh, negative predictive value uh, was very high. The negative predictive value of CTRography was higher in patients evaluated for hematuria, up to 98%. Now, when you look at the bladder, there's several important things that need to be done if you want to pick up tumors. One, you typically need IV contrast. Bladder tumors do enhance. They're not hypervascular unless you have a pheochromocytoma, but they are vascular enough to make them stand out against the urine. Now, a second thing is you need good bladder distension. If the bladder is not distended, you tend to overread, cannot rule out tumor, or read every case as an infiltrating tumor. So you need to be very careful. Now, if the bladder is distended with water or urine, as in this case, you see a nice large mass, and whether it's urine as a contrast agent or water, or positive contrast, the lesion can be seen. The nice thing about water is kind of the same reason we like water in bowel. And again, urine becomes a very good contrast agent, and again, nicely shown on these reconstructions, and shown well on the 3D mapping. Now, bladder cancer, spread of diseases to nodes, CT is very good at staging bladder cancer and looking at anopathy. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to go back to something I've spoken about in the incidentaloma talk, which is bladder cancer as an incidental finding. And I think it's very important as a focus to be looking at. You ask the question, how often is it an incidental finding and how often is it missed when it's an incidental finding? That's a tough question. And I'll show you what brought up the question. There was a case um, I was asked to review of a patient who presented to the ER, different institution with an acute abdomen, non-contrast study, positive but no IV, and the radiologist read this as thickened descending colon consists with ischemic colitis, which is what the patient had. Patient had surgery, and despite a stormy course, the patient did well. What the radiologist didn't see on that non-contrast scan was the patient had a mass in the bladder. In retrospect, is it obvious? Yes, was it what you were looking for? No, and there's no IV contrast. But sure enough, a couple years later, and there's IV contrast, and the tumor has enlarged, and the patient had bone metastasis. This patient now had metastatic bladder cancer. The patient's case went to court, and the patient's case was, was settled in favor of the patient. Again, making the point that the tumor was there, even though it wasn't suspected or expected as a finding, it was your job to pick it up. And so bladder cancer, when we started looking carefully, is not an uncommon incidental finding. And particularly with CT today, where we're giving lots of water to distend the bladder, you're going to see more of these cases. Also, as you do arterial phase imaging, you're going to see more of these cases because although they're not hypervascular, they're vascular enough that against the urine, it stands out nicely. We make the point, and I'll show you examples, that any enhancement of the bladder wall needs to be highly suspicious for bladder cancer. Now, some cases are easy. There's mass present. Other times, there's something two or three millimeters in size, but you need to get cystoscopy because those are going to be very early cancers. So an example in this case, this is not very tricky. There's a mass on the left side of the bladder from 2 to 5 o'clock. There's infiltration of the interior bladder wall as well. Very classic appearance for a bladder cancer. 
Uh, another example here in a bladder that's now well distended, tumor extending up to the arachal region, tracking on the left side of the bladder, and there are calcifications present. Bladder calcifications are not uncommon with cancer. Now, is it specific? No, because you can get bladder calcifications in patients with tuberculosis, patients with prior trauma, patients with prior infections, beyond TB. But when I see thickening and calcification, I'm thinking about a tumor. And here's just another example or a set of images showing you the calcification and no hydronephrosis. So just a very nice couple sets of images. Now, both of those cases had large bladder lesions, nothing you're going to worry about. But what about a case like this? Look at this subtle lesion in the posterior bladder wall. Or maybe it's just contrast that we injected, layering out. If you look at that image carefully and you go to the sagittal view, you see it very nicely. And that's going to be a small transitional cell carcinoma, very nicely seen on the images. And then here it is again, very, very subtle. But our rule is any enhancement of the bladder wall, you have to be suspicious there's tumor. CT is very sensitive for tiny tumors, particularly in a distended bladder. And you have to work the patient up. Now, if the bladder is not distended, you're just not going to see those small tumors. You're just going to overlook them. So technique becomes a very, very important thing. Another patient, look at everything at about 7 o'clock, small, under 1 centimeter enhancing lesion. Very nicely shown there. And here it is again, showing you it on the right side. And then here it is once you had contrast in the bladder. So sometimes bladder lesions will show better when there's positive contrast in place. Sometimes it will show better when there's water in place. Other times it may not make a difference. The key, of course, is good bladder distension, however you do that. And that becomes very, very important. And here's just one more example of that. Now, sometimes I'm not certain. Is this posterior bladder wall thickening or is it prostate or is it the uterus? You know, what exactly am I looking at? Well, in those cases, putting things in a sagittal view make it very easy. You can see in this case, when I go from the axial to the sagittal, it becomes much more obvious that I'm dealing with a bladder wall cancer that's posteriorly located. On the axials, you have so much partial averaging, it's so easy to walk by that. And this case also does make the point that sometimes the images without contrast make it easier to see a bladder cancer. I think here you do see something on the right wall, but you recognize how easy it would be to miss that lesion. And again, you can see in the late phase the appearance of the patient's uh, tumor. And again, you do see it in both the images with bladder distended with water and bladder distended with positive contrast. The key, of course, regardless of the technique, is good bladder distension. Now, in terms of bladder cancers, another good example, right UV junction anteriorly by the arachal remnant, very nicely shown on the reconstructed views. Again, these small tumors are gonna be vascular and they're gonna be neuroendocrine tumors. And again, technique is everything. So you can see how nicely you can see it in this example. And here's the images side by side with the bladder with urine or the bladder with positive contrast. And again, both of them give somewhat similar information, uh, but at times the images without the contrast are even more valuable. Another case, here's a patient with multiple incidental bladder cancers going from arterial to venous phase imaging. 
you really can see the multiple lesions anteriorly and on the right and left sides of the bladder. Very nice example of that. Or here's another example of this polypoid lesion anterior wall of the bladder. And again, the enhancement, you can think about other things. Every once in a while, I, I can see a pheochromocytoma, but the patient's hypertensive. When you see this appearance, it's bladder cancel to prove it otherwise. And nice example, and here it is on the sagittal view. Now, in this article, we did make the point that any nodule in the bladder that's enhancing, you got to be thinking that this is going to be a tumor. Although TCC is typically regarded as hypovascular, they do have some vascularity, and any focal site of hyperenhancement, even if it's one or two millimeters, needs to be investigated further. And again, um, just a very, very nice example. Now, it's interesting that in the old days we did CT a lot of the time for bladder staging. Now we don't with bladder cancers, but you can see why CT would be so good in this mode. Let me just finish up with a few more bladder cancers in terms of tumor. Here is a diffuse thickening of the bladder wall, which could simply be inflammatory. It's difficult to be specific, but then you see a polypoid lesion at about 3 o'clock, which was a bladder cancer. You can see this case actually on the contrast scans is a bit more difficult to visualize. Uh, water is a great contrast agent. Positive contrast works well in certain cases, but in certain cases it can make the images much more challenging as it did in this case. Now, this is an interesting case. I haven't seen many of these patients with hematuria. You can see the active site of bleeding in the bladder, which was a small bladder cancer. You see the blood layering out in the bladder. Just a beautiful example of active extravasation. I've seen this with cystoscopy with biopsy. I've seen this with trauma as two good examples. Other causes of filling defects in the bladder besides tumor, besides stones, besides let's say hemorrhage, uh, we, we think acute hemorrhage and we think chronic hemorrhage or blood clot. So blood clot is a very common predictor. Uh, again, you want to be careful that it's old and not new blood clot, but a very good uh, visualization. So concluding then, bladder cancer as an incidental finding is not uncommon. It's easy to overlook, but it's very important to diagnose. And hopefully these cases have made the point and also emphasize the challenge. With that, let me just go through a couple more things in the bladder since I have your attention. One is emphyseminous cystitis. A rare complication of a urinary tract infection characterized by gas formation in the bladder, particularly in its wall. Most patients are diabetic, and this has a high morbidity and high mortality. Article by Reese talking about uh, the uh, diabetic immunocompromised hosts and uh, that non-intervention is usually going to be successful. Beautiful example here of emphysematous cystitis and a little bit less impressive in this example. Again, air in the bladder wall, short of a biopsy, it's impossible to get air in the bladder wall. Air in the bladder lumen from Foley catheter, of course, is very common, but air in the wall indeed is not. And here's air in the bladder wall of a patient with cystitis. Marked, marked dense bladder from contrast, but look at the air in the bladder wall, or in this case as well, Foley catheter in place. 
wall thickening. And this was also a great example of emphyseminous cystitis. And here it is in a couple additional views. Finally, colovesical fistulae. They can be due to a number of causes, most common is diverticulitis, with number two being Crohn's disease, though there are other causes. Now the thing about colovesical fistulae, CT is very good for diagnosis as long as you do the protocol correctly. With colovesical fistulae, because patients have constant infection, other complications, surgery usually is the way to go. If the patients are debilitated, the um, the problems become even more difficult and those patients become harder and harder to manage. Now, when you talk about colovesical fistulae, uh, the key thing for being able to recognize a fistulae is positive contrast. So either you put contrast in the rectum or you put contrast in the bladder. Giving oral contrast and hopefully it fills in is just not going to work. You need to do one or the other. If you give both rectal contrast and contrast to a Foley catheter, at times you can confuse yourself where the site of bleeding is, what's going on. Now, when we talk about an AP view, fistula from Crohn's usually are anterior superior on the right, and diverticular disease anterior superior on the left. So there can be some uh, variation on that as well. Here's a nice example of diverticulitis inflamed the colon and you can see the fistula to the dome of the bladder you see the wall thickening from the fistula and you can see very nicely here the example or you can see this case of a patient with an enterovesical fistula disease small bowel due to Crohn's there's a fistula from the uh, small bowel loop into the dome of the bladder just a beautiful visualization seen here now, when we look typically of colovesical fistulae, you need positive contrast to looking at the site of leak. And here's just a good example, Foley catheter in place, thickening around the rectum. Could the patient have a fistula? The answer is yes, but I don't know for sure. Well, here it is. When you do the CT cystogram, you inject 700 cc's of contrast. You get very good opacification. And just a very nice example of the contrast extravasation into the patient's bowel loops and into the uh, peritoneal space due to a leak in the posterior bladder dome. Just very nicely seen on the axials, as well on the, on the sagittals from both 3D and classic sagittal views. So with that, I'll conclude. Make sure to remember the importance of looking carefully at the ureter bladder. They significantly will underperform um, imaging if you do not pay a lot of attention to technique, both in terms of data acquisition and in terms of interpretation. If you're not careful, it's very easy to miss these lesions, and the miss rate is indeed very high, particularly early on. We mentioned the importance of scan protocols and post-processing. I think post-processing ends up being driven by applications that are very demanding, and this is one of the applications. So hopefully on these two parts, you got a lot to learn about the ureter and bladder, and hopefully it's going to help you out. And with that, see you later.